The following program contains material that may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to Queen Oh my gosh, you're so much taller than me when we sit. I'm on my foot. Is that, is that what, what it is? is? If I get on my foot, will I be... Taller too. You're still taller than me. I feel like. Well, I'm. Anyways, <laughs> hi. Uh, welcome to Coil the Macabre. I'm Katie Adkins. I'm Hunter. We're going to talk about curses because it's spooky season and uh, curses are are a good time or a bad time. They're mostly a bad time. <laughs> it depends on how you look at them. I don't know. <laughs> Can you curse good things on someone? No, I, th- I think a curse very specifically has to be bad. Even even after all the research I did, I didn't actually research the definition of the word curse. So maybe I could do that really quick and just see how that goes. A solemn utterance intended to invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm or punishment on someone or something. So it has to be supernatural ability, a supernatural power. Okay. To inflict harm. Okay. Um, what brought, I guess, this topic up was I was trying to think of cool topics. I thought of Poison, which was an episode <laughs> Kelly and I recorded forever ago, but the audio ended up shit, so it never made it anywhere. Mm. And then I was like, well, curses. Yeah, I think, like, curses would be kind of cool. I wasn't even sure what research I wanted to do yet. I just knew I wanted that topic because it could open up a lot of cool stuff. My first thought was, like, have you ever, have you ever thought that you've been cursed before? Me? I mean, I've felt that way a lot. Like, whenever anything bad happens, it's like, well, I'm cursed. But yeah. actually, no. Like, not actually. Not a, I don't yeah. think I've actually been cursed. But I have, I know... You've been hexed. People that I am <laughs> convinced have been cursed. No, like, I, well, I've known multiple people where I'd be like, man, I would not be surprised if I found out you were cursed. <laughs> um, I do actually know someone that someone attempted to curse. And it was, it was a big blow up online for a little bit because it was just fucking weird, Wait, so someone just, like, admitted to trying to curse someone? Yes. They uh, joked about it to their friends, and their friends were like, that's fucking weird, and then they told... Was it, like, a brag, like, hey, bro, guess who I cursed today? I mean, yeah, it was really (laughs) fucking weird, and, like, that person is very unstable. I don't know what was up, but basically, uh, I have a friend... And my friend, honestly, their feelings were really hurt because they liked that person and, like, thought they were, like, kind of buddies and, like, they very much were not to the point where this person hated them so much that they, they pooped on their artwork in attempts to hex them, which doesn't make any sense because you don't put a piece of your own bodily, like, fluids and being into a hex that's not how you do that it's not good practice if you actually do do witchcraft it was super and so for a while online they were called the poop witch as a joke why would you tell anyone oh my god i don't know i don't know i don't like that i know it's super weird it was super fucking weird it was super bizarre that feels like something (laughs) that's like a middle school prank not wit like oh me, yeah that feels like middle school like how i pooped on your art it was like, super weird no the person like, the person claimed that my friend stole their art style which doesn't make sense because my friend is older has had their style established and my friend helped them 
they helped them with techniques and stuff. Yeah. Like, they helped, they, like, oh, my God. Them. Yeah, it was just a bad, it was just not great, and I just, it's just awful. I mean, like, the concept of a poop witch is hilarious I in and of itself. Yes. But the actuality <laughs> is, the like, is honestly like so. Turd on yeah. top. <laughs> <laughs> the poop witch. But, but in actuality, it's. It's really harmful and mean and awful uh, yeah. and, like, what yeah. the fuck? But, like, I guess it backfired because they're, you know, my friend's career is going great. Good. Because they did it. They're trying to, like, curse their career is what and the purpose the was. the poop witch is going to forever be the poop witch. Yeah, they're, they're the poop witch now. Congratulations. <laughs> um, I've never felt like I'd actually been cursed or hexed before. I've also never tried to curse or hex another person. I have. Yeah. Hunter, how could you? I have. Not, like, <laughs> not anything really bad, but I've definitely been like, I hope that you get a flat tire tomorrow. And I'll, mm-hmm. like, I'll do the, um, the, like, candle burning where you, uh, have a connected wick and you, oh. um, burn it so that it falls. Isn't, I've done a couple different things. Is that more so for, like, uh, disconnecting yourself? Yeah, that's for, like, um, relationships, which I've done for people, other people. Like, I haven't done it for myself. Yeah. And I don't even, I don't even know how much I believe it, if it, like, does anything, but it makes me feel better. Like, well, that's it, good. It's like a, it's like a coping mechanism. Like, when you're, if you're feeling so helpless about something. Symbolic. And, like, like, you want someone to, like, be hurt, but you don't actually want to hurt them. Yeah. Like, that's me. Like, I like the idea that I am getting my anger out without probably actually hurting yeah. anyone. So I researched two fucking things, and I'm going to summarize both of them because fuck, they're both long. Okay. But I did do research into voodoo dolls specifically because I feel like dolls is really the thing that people are afraid of and they oh, think of, but so I think of creepy. being cursed and stuff like that. And so the reason creepy. why I thought of voodoo dolls is because what, I went on a ghost tour when I went to New Orleans a few years ago, and on this ghost tour, they talked about things that had nothing to do with ghosts. Mind you, it was all really interesting stuff but it was all stuff where I was like I really feel the need to fact check this so I just want to tell you this story that was told to me because I was like this is good enough for me to believe (laughs) but I don't think it's actually like historically documented so it's just a rumor I think because I couldn't find it anywhere online and that's why I was like I don't know about this so what I was told in this ghost tour was that um uh so voodoo is specifically just uh for medicinal purposes and just for healing and so the concept of the doll was so that it was basically your medical record it was a doll that looked like you and the different color pins in different parts of your body represented like different things like if it was hurting here or like if you they gave you medicine for that part or like all this other things and stuff like that interesting and so like they would put your hair on it to help identify the doll more or they'd put like yellow yarn if you have yellow hair or something it was basically like used as like because not i don't know i guess not everybody could write or something yeah it was just used as a way to um keep track of people's medical record in a weird doll i guess which is kind of cool idea but the idea was that some white woman saw one one time and freaked out and decided that she was being cursed or something and it started that whole idea of voodoo dolls are actually cursed dolls and so while i didn't find anything about that 
Uh, I did find research that does indicate that voodoo is specifically for healing. I also found research that said voodoo was also used for other things besides healing, including <laughs> using the dolls and including cursing people. So the uh, information I got are from two different places. There's so many places you can get, but I my first source is uh, Brown University. That's where Emma Watson went to college. That is where Emma Watson went to college. So maybe she was about voodoo. Maybe she wrote it. She got teased a lot. <laughs> they would all say, like, 10 points to Gryffindor if she, like, said something good in class. Oh, that poor girl. I know. Oh, that hated. poor fucking girl. Yeah, she hated it. <laughs> oh, I would be so, I would feel so belittled. I'd be so upset. I'd be yeah. like, yeah. woof. Yeah. But, like, she's also, like, low-key a real-life Hermione Granger. Isn't she a Virgo? I would I totally know. guess that, but I'm, I actually have never looked it up. My, if I had to guess Emma Watson's sign, it would be Virgo or Aries, and I cannot see her being literally anything else, and now I want to know if she's an Aries or a Virgo, or somehow, like, uh, both, or so, sun, sun, moon, sign. ascendant combination, I want to know, because that's just my biggest guess. She's an Aries. Ah! <laughs> oh my god! Okay, but what is Hermione's? But what is Hermione's sign? <laughs> Hermione's a Virgo! Ah! I'm psychic, guys. <laughs> That's Get the fuck out of here. Oh my god, I didn't know they actually like. Get... Well, they have birthdays. Well, you know, uh, Harry Potter is a Leo. Oh yeah. Probably why they put him in Gryffindor. Yeah. She actually, J.K. Rowling gave Harry Potter her birthday. That's her birthday. I don't want to talk about her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> She makes me angry. As I was saying about voodoo, though, <laughs> I just see from uh, Brown University. Um, is where I got this information from. This part is stated in multiple places that voodoo religion was created in slave quarters in Haiti and Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And so the word voodoo itself means spirits. Are like Voodoo is technically the practice religion, mm-hmm. not voodoo. It's like V O D O U N. Oh. So like that's I guess it just went from like Voodoo to voodoo, yeah. I, or it's like they're interchangeable. I'm not super sure. Uh, voodoo is a religious or magical religious practice which aims at connecting spirits and mortals. So the idea is connecting you with the other side. That's why like we look at witch doctors and like literally the song. The song. <laughs> From Princess and the Frog, <laughs> Friends on the Other such Side. A good song, like, it is such a good like, song. Oh like my god! Top, probably one of my like top three like villain songs, mm-hmm. along with Hellfire and probably Scar's song. Oh yeah, be prepared. Be prepared. Classic. Yeah. No. Super good. Super uh, top notch. Yes. Um, so voodoo didn't super pick on as, like, a commonly known practice until Marie Laveau, like, self-proclaimed voodoo queen, made it a huge fucking thing, and she's part of what made uh, all the white people scared, and she did it on purpose. No, like, I'm not kidding. And she was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm psychic. And what she did was she would get information from all of the white people's slaves about what's going on in their household so that she could be this, like, mystic, like, fortune teller and, like, lie to them and, like, cause all kinds of mayhem and drama between them. Be like, I know who's cheating on who. I know who's doing this. I know who's doing that. And so, like, she was always right. 
because of because they didn't realize she's getting information from other I love black that people so much and like she's a fucking legend but because of this white people like were freaked the fuck out over this whole like they, yeah. they, they were both scared of voodoo but also like wanted to know what was going on well yeah you like know? If, yeah if there was this like clearly powerful magic that could like tell me secrets about yeah. myself i'd be like well how can i use this to find secrets about other people right and like. so that was just something that was done. Um, and I just think she's great. So she's really what brought it into, like, the mainstream, this idea yeah. of, like, a voodoo, like, a voodoo, like, priestess, voodoo queen and witch doctors and all that. And she she did so much for black people. Like, just Google Marie Laveau. She's fantastic. Snaps. She, Snaps. she Snaps. did a lot. And she also had them convinced that she could, like, be in multiple places at once. Because she had, like, daughters that, like, looked like her. Yeah. <laughs> and they, like, yeah. dressed up in the same outfits and would be in different places <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> like, it was just a lot of, I don't know, it was just I love great. Her. I love her. <laughs> so, connecting spirits and mortals, this interaction is only possible in voodoo through a magical process uh, using a, uh, I don't know how to say this word. Gris gris or gris gris. My instincts say gris gris because I studied French in Louisiana. Gris-gris. So I think gris gris. Yeah, it's G-R-I-S, which is the uh, French word for gray. So I don't know what that would mean is like gray gray or something. But basically it's like a conduit. It's an item. It's a thing that basically it channels the magic in it. Okay. Right? Can it be anything or? Um, usually it's dolls, but it can be other things. Okay. It doesn't have to be a doll. Okay. It just depends on what it is you're trying to accomplish. Uh, a Gregory definition is nuanced. It can either be the mag, so it's usually the object, but it, it could be the magical act, but sometimes it's both. So it's the magical act or the object used for magic. Um, the voodoo doll is a grigri, uh, but it, it can be used as a religious object or a superstitious one, depending on how the user treats it. Um, voodoo is for personal needs and that's what makes it different from, um, Nikisi, Ninkisi. So Ninkisi, which I'm probably butchering this word, I'm so sorry, is a wooden doll used in the Congo and, uh, West Africa and basically, uh, it's used very similarly to a voodoo doll, except instead of influencing an individual person, it's used to influence society. Ooh. So, um, like, you also hammer nails into it and do yeah. different stuff with it. Uh, but it's used for, like, wealth, justice, community healing, political gain, that sort of thing. Whereas a voodoo doll is very specifically, like, of the like just person. Uh, one person. Is that, so, like, it's, could anyone use that in the society or was it like only for like religious priests because i feel like everyone would just be like using it all the time then so there were like big official ones that were taken very seriously within the society and then there's ones that like people tried to make themselves and some and it just sort of was like whether or not you considered it real or not like yeah Unfortunately, uh, due to uh, the whole area, like, white people coming in and being, like, a Christian now, like, a lot of this was taken away. Yeah. So I don't have the full history on it. There was more history on this in this research. I didn't include it in this because I was trying to specify. I was trying to keep it to the voodoo doll, which is a specific doll that we know from Louisiana. Mm -hmm. It mostly was created in Louisiana more Mm -hmm. than it was Haiti. It just happened to be Haitians who came over. Um, and they took their, you know, doll magic practice and brought it over here and it 
it changed. So basically filling an inanimate object with powerful spirits so that you can alter the life of a human uh, is pretty much the goal of a voodoo doll. Um, the doll itself doesn't have like spiritual agency. It's just... It's the... like a vessel. Yeah, it's like a vessel pretty much. According to uh, Brown University, these are all the things you can accomplish with a voodoo doll. So the use of one is, uh, begins by a private visit to a voodoo queen or doctor and ends with a ceremony. After having understood what the client desired, invokes the spirits for guidance. So depending on what you want, invokes a different spirit to help you. Okay. Every voodoo queen or doctor in Louisiana possesses a real snake. They all have a snake. Um, snake which represents Yeah, little snake friends, which represents the physical incarnation of the spirit Legba. Um, to attract him, one uses chicken, tobacco, and... And bones. Without Legba's guidance, the voodoo queen or doctor cannot construct a doll or even instruct on a doll's construction. Oh. Uh, so once the doll has been constructed with the guidance of Legba, uh, the only remaining steps are to physically make it similar to the targeted person by attaching a strand of hair, for example, and hide it in the immediate vicinity of the targeted person. Uh, here's what you can do. You can do love, power, and domination, Luck and finance or uncrossing. And uncrossing means, I think I've been cursed, uncurse me. <laughs> um, love is uh, pretty much what it sounds like. Um, after the required invocation of Legba, uh, they ask for the spirit of Ida Kido. I'm totally butchering these and I'm so sorry. Uh, is the most invoked spirit for love. Uh, she is the primary female spirit and love is assigned to the female in voodoo religion. In Louisiana, the deceased voodoo queen of New Orleans, Marie Laveau, uh, who has now become a spirit, is often called upon. So you can call upon Marie Laveau to, with your voodoo. Amazing. Because Laveau was famed uh, for her love potions during her life. <laughs> so yeah, there's a whole other thing being like, uh, you can't curse people, it's only healing. Got the wrong idea. And to the point to where LearnReligion.com doesn't even say that they invoke like the same spirits. Like they have a completely different like list of spirit names. Well, I so feel like it's also like like I know whenever I think of voodoo dolls, like I think of um uh Stardust Stardust? Stardust Stardust. The movie? Isn't that oh, what it's called? Yeah, Stardust, Stardust with the Claire Danes. Yeah, and at the end, um uh the the witch has the voodoo doll of one of the prince brothers and he gets all like oh yeah and he like breaks his, yeah like, and he like, like moves him around he's, like sword like she's sword fighting through him with the little voodoo doll yeah. pop culture has taken it and like made it because it's just like so, a puppet like, of someone and you can manipulate them with yeah. it which is interesting because in all of my research voodoo doesn't say you can do any of that yeah it's just cursing someone with like a bad time or blessing them with a good time or blessing yourself you could even do it on yourself like if you want wealth and money you could do it i guess i didn't even think about that that you could do it for yourself yeah i always thought of it as like an external yeah like it has to be for someone else yeah it wasn't even my original topic i was like gonna get into but i did want to ask you if you're familiar with curse tablets since i know you're so into archaeology and greek curse tablets or just like tablets in general like they're little, called like, they're, like cuneiform tablets and stuff um so curse tablets typically are like thin pieces of like lead that have like carved curses into them they're very specific to ancient greco-roman like regions and era okay i have not heard of that 
Um, okay, well, I'm not going to go into all of this, but basically, uh, I just thought they were cool. It <laughs> made me think of that Buffy episode with the, um, the, the mummy. Oh, yeah, the where it was seal, like the seal. The seal breaks. Sort of. Because it's like a, a curse, I guess. This is more like you wrote a strongly worded letter and really hope the gods read it and, like, act <laughs> on it. Like, that's really, like, because there's a bunch that were Dear translated. Zeus, this bitch. <laughs> like, actually, though, so I have a few that were translated, and I think they're really funny. Roman so... graffiti is my favorite. It's all, like, Sir Donius had a tiny dick, like, <laughs> this like, guy's a bitch. On a wall. <laughs> Well, did they believe small dicks meant, like, a lot of testosterone? I don't know. So, like, it's really like, good athletes have small penises? stuff. Like, I slept with Thaddeus's wife. Ha ha. Like. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Thaddeus. So, I just love it. It's so good. <laughs> so, uh, curse tablets are also called defixions or defixiones. Probably yonis. Because yeah. Greek. I don't know. Defixion, defixionis. I don't know what X does in that sound. Deficionis, maybe? I don't know, but they're cursed tablets, and they have a name, <laughs> and um, they go back to forever, like, for fucking, to the first century, they've been dated back, like, CE, and it's, like... I'm so proud of you, you said CE instead of AD. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> people say ad like bitch, whatever <laughs> believes in jesus like stop <laughs> oh that maybe that you have no idea <laughs> like, i'm like shaking oh like, my god like it's okay that's one of my biggest pet i'm peeves. glad i could make you proud and it's so specific that i don't ever feel like i can really like call call anyone out on it does ad like, really mean after death um it also means something else in like roman or something yeah so. yeah that doesn't make that never made sense to me i always thought bc meant more like before recorded history there's some like latin term okay i don't fucking know like i didn't think it stood for those like words obviously but i thought that that's kind of what it referred to was like so long ago we like i don't know well until college i thought it was before, before christ, christ after death yeah. until college and my history my history professors were like um no. so actually <laughs> actually that's not it these cursed tablets have been around for fucking ever and they're pretty short and sweet like they're not like super long paragraphs that they're just like this is bullshit and this is what i need to happen <laughs> and a lot so uh most famously uh, a lot of people have heard of the uh, bath tablets so in bath england which is the reason why it's called Bath, and if it's not the reason why, well, it fucking should be. Basically, when the Romans owned that area, mm-hmm. where the city of Bath is, is where they had this huge, like, bathhouse that was, like, enormous, and it was also, like, attached to a temple. So it was, like, a big deal. The actual place itself during Roman times was not called Bath. <laughs> Um, but I'm pretty sure in England they just called it bath because of the enormous bathhouse. And that's why imagine? people went there. Because it's actually a small town. Yeah. Um, I feel like it would be so cool to go to a Roman bathhouse. Well, you get your shit stolen there. Because they found 130 tablets there and 129 of them were people cursing people for stealing their shit. <laughs> <laughs> I am not Is fucking it like kidding. You take all your like clothes off and stuff. Yeah, and, and people were going in and fucking stealing Just, their shit. Yeah, you gotta watch your shit. You'll get stolen in the goddamn Roman bathhouse. 
Maybe, I guess I don't want to go then. Yeah, they didn't have lockers. (laughs) The the Yelp reviews. (laughs) They didn't have lockers with the little wristbands with the key on it. (laughs) So they can take their bath in the fucking bathhouse. I give my experience a 4 out of 10. The water was the perfect temperature, but then all of my stuff got stolen. And honestly, I don't think that's very professional. Where you put the cursed tablets also depends on um, the curse, essentially. So I believe all these cursed tablets were found at the bathhouse because the curse they it was like taken place where the event happened okay um but there's different ways in which curse tablets are used um they were often rolled folded or pierced with nails because they were thin sheets of um lead yeah which i guess you can roll that but um it's a softer lead you know how like pencils have different densities yeah it's fair a lot of times they're placed beneath the ground um, either buried in graves or tombs, thrown into wells and pools. They actually found, like, a shit ton in this well in Athens. Because so many people Ooh. threw, they're like, 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 think like Sounds a... like a wishing well. Like a wishing well, like... but you're cursing people. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, you can curse people with, like, love. <laughs> you can do love spells with yeah. them. The same thing with voodoo. You do the same yeah. fucking thing with it. You know? That's really cool. It's just a little more direct. Yeah, a lot less. I mean, you can attach little, like, dolls to it and trinkets to it you can attach clothing to it you can like to whatever it is you're trying to manipulate or do or curse like whether you're trying to curse someone or put a love spell on them or erotic to like personalize spell it. yeah to personalize it and they're um asking help from the gods uh but honestly 1600 have been f- discovered in general wow and they've widespread yeah. Like, wherever the Romans had conquered, there was cursed tablets and stuff there. Well, that's, like, one of the, like, intrinsic things of humanity is, like, what? you're always going to be salty you about wanna, something. You always want to curse someone. You always want to be yeah. fucking mad about it. Like, there's always something to be jealous about, always something to be unhappy about. Mm-hmm. That is just life as a human being. It is. It is. So, I, I, that makes perfect sense that it would just be, like super just all over the place. <laughs> so, some of the tablets just have nothing but names on them. Which like a it, shit list. <laughs> <laughs> indicating that the spell was verbal. Like, they said it aloud, and then they, like, I think for fear that someone would, like, discover yeah. it, I think they were like, I'm just gonna not carve this and uh, put the name on it and be like, fuck this person. That's amazing. <laughs> but sometimes uh, the tablets were not always curses, but used to help the dead, so a lot were found in graveyards. Uh, so there would be tablets at grave sites that were... Um, they're usually placed at grave sites where people died at a very young age or in a very violent manner. Um, and the tablet was supposed to help lay their souls to rest in spite of their untimely deaths. Aww. Scholars have debated the possible motivations for using erotic magic. I don't know why you needed to bait the reasons, the motivation behind that. <laughs> um, but uh, including unrequited love, sexual control of the intended target, financial gain, social advancement. They've all, like, kind of been like, but, like, but why? It's like, do you really need to know why? Like, I think yeah. it's pretty, like, obvious. I don't know why they debated over this. Apparently there's debate over the type of women that men were trying to attract with these spells. Which, like, again, why? What? Why does it fucking matter? <laughs> I don't know, man. Okay. I don't, I don't know, but, okay. but apparently some scholars subscribe to the idea of men trying to make fair, chaste women become filled with desire for them, while other argues, argue that men were just trying to control women who they thought to be sexually active for their own personal benefit. Probably both. So it's probably both. Probably both. Um, but you could, you could, uh, use the cursed tablets to, uh, incite, like, 
like sexual advances or for like love like for two different yeah. things like they weren't the same thing and if there's even um similar tablets in ancient egypt um around the time of the 12th dynasty uh which those were different though they weren't the same thing uh, like they listed names of enemies written on clay figurines which they smashed and then buried <laughs> under buildings that they're like fuck this guy and like <laughs> honestly that sounds so fun <laughs> And, like, they were symbolically, like, smothered and, like, under a building or in a cemetery or something. Yeah. Um, but here are some translations that I just thought were fun. Um, so this one is, uh, in the Bath. This one was found in Bath, UK, which, by the way, the tablets found in Bath were found in 1980. So it was, like, a pretty recent discovery. Yeah. Wow. Um, so this was dated back to somewhere between... The second and fourth century CE. Dosimedes has lost two gloves and asks that the thief responsible should lose their minds and eyes in the goddess's temple. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that they refer to themselves as the third person. Like, I have lost, Katie has lost two gloves and well, I need this person to die. <laughs> the god needs to know specifically, like, who, who lost vengeance for. <laughs> I know. Uh, there's one found in Frankfurt, Germany, first century CE. And it's it says its translation says the human who stole Vario's cloak or his things, who deprived him of his property, may he be bereft of his mind and memory, be it a woman or those who depraved Vario of his property, may the worms, cancer, and maggots penetrate his hands, head, feet, as well as his limbs and marrows. Like, this guy was mad. He was fucking... Like, that was poetic. He went hard. He was angry. He was like... Worms, cancer, and maggots. maggots Penetrate his hands, head, feet, as well as his limbs and marrow. Like, that's fucking metal. Like, that's some death metal lyrics. (laughs) Bereft of his mind and memory. So, this is another one in Bath, uh, which I think... Honestly, this one, I was like... As I was reading through them, I was like, this one kind of sounds like like a kidnapping, maybe? It could be romantic, though. Like, here, I'll read it out loud. So, may the person who carried off Vilbia from me become liquid as the water. May she who has so uh, obscenely devoured her be struck dumb. So, someone carried off a person at the bathhouse. Uh Uh-huh. So. What if Vilbia was, like, their pet? It's possible. Turtle. Maybe <laughs> they brought to the bathhouse. Maybe it was their pet cat or dog. Yeah. It's possible. Vilbia might not be a person at all. This one I thought was great because this one involves gambling. Ooh. And um, entangle the nets of Vincenzis Zerizo. May he be unable to chain bears. May he lose with every bear. May he be unable to kill a bear on Wednesday in any hour. Now, now, quickly, quickly, make it happen. <laughs> the curse is aimed at gladiator. <laughs> Vincenzus Zerizo, who fought in Carthage, North Africa in the 2nd century CE, the author of the curse, presumably had some money writing on uh, Zerizo's bear fight. May he be unable to kill a bear on, on Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> like, he can kill a bear any other fucking day of the week, just not Wednesday. Oh, quickly, quickly, make it happen. Make it happen. So my last one I have. That was my favorite one so far. <laughs> it's such a good one. Okay, so this one I needed some explanation on because I was like, what 
So this one, it translates to, Socio must never do better than the mime and mole posts. He must not be able to play the role of a married woman in a fit of drunkenness on a young horse. So this has some this has some inside jokes in it. So the tablet wishes ill on an actor named Socio in Roman comedic theater. Uh, the drunk woman on a horse was a common joke. There's some sort of pop culture reference to them with that phrase that we don't really know what the fuck okay. that was. But some some comedian, somebody made some sort of drunk woman on a horse joke. And it, it just it was a fucking hit. Uh <laughs> It was, a, it, was a, it was a pop culture classic. phenomenon. Cla- fucking classic <laughs> drunk woman on a fucking horse. Who doesn't know um, that one? So the person making the curse hopes that Socio's stand-up routine will fall flat. Um, it was found at the site of uh, Ralranam in western France and dates to the uh, late 3rd century CE. So shitty. I know. So it's probably a rival. It's it's probably like a rival actor who's like really like bitter or something. I know. That is some catty shit right there. Oh, I know. That that is the most like just shallow, like petty. Yeah. So since drunk woman on a horse was like a hit joke, I guess they were like, may they never be able to make a joke as good. Yeah. I think was kind of what they meant by be able to play the role of a married woman in a fit of drunkenness on a young horse. So uh, that was all of my stuff, and I thought that was great. Bears. The bears. <laughs> the bears so good. I just thought that to be my like new go to. Like, I hope you can never fucking fight a bear. Ever I hope again. you lose the fucking bear on Wednesday. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, I want to know yours because your story is wild from what I gathered and it's very different from my research and I'm so ready. Oh yeah, it's very different. It's, so one of my favorite shows, which I think I talked about last time, was A Haunting. A Haunting, yes. A Haunting, it is so great because the reenactments are so bad. (laughs) There's, the actors are all like, they tried really hard, but also like, I feel like you can tell that, like, none of them believe in ghosts. Cause like, the actors. Yeah, like, they, like you can tell that, like, they're, like, this is for my career. I have to do this. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're trying so hard. And, like, Stepping stones. It's a paycheck. And, like, the CGI, like, ghosts they do. Although they do have some really cool, like, uh, like, special effects makeup. Especially in the episode where I got my story. Um, it's called Curse of the Mummy. Okay. Um, Sounds very uh, R.L. Stein. Yes. Goosebumps. It's it's very it's a very vague title at first. Like there are lots of mummies everywhere. There are lots of curses about mummies. <laughs> there's like actually a lot of them. It's oh, very, okay. It's not just the one. Well, no, because like there's supposedly the curse of um, King Tut, where all of the scientists who opened up his oh, tomb yeah, got sick and. Everyone was like, oh, it's cursed, and it turns out there was actually just some, like, really fucking ancient bacteria. Like, Because, yeah. like, I don't know, he was a dead fucking body. Yeah, you probably shouldn't breathe in the bacteria yeah, that so had built up like, on this dead person. Yeah, so, like, an ancient disease was just hanging out in there, and they well, opened up the box. I, and then there's the movie, The Mummy. Like, you know, like, there's lots of cur- mummies. Cursed mummies. Yeah, cursed mummy um, stuff. This one is a little more specific, and just a little more... It's just a little more. Just a little more. It's just a little more, more. and I'm ready for it. It's just a little more. And so, (laughs) on a haunting, they have the actual people who are involved in the story 
you know, interviewed and they describe what they saw and what they felt and everything. I think I have seen this show, actually. You probably have. It's It's been on for, like, a while. Um, but I always like to look up any anything with a haunting. Sometimes I feel like, I don't know if this person, like, if it was just, like, mostly made up or if this was, like, someone really telling their story. Um, but I found on Facebook, there's a radio show called Supernatural Realm, and they did an episode where they interviewed the guy whose story this is in 2015. So this is a real guy, and right. he really believes all of this I'm that I'm about so to tell you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So I'm basically just explaining the episode to you so okay. i am by no means was any of this original research or anything <laughs> you can just watch the episode if you so choose and it will be just as much information setting the scene it's march 1997 in geneva new york which is small town vibes nothing's really happening just a like chill place Caleb Weaver, he's 14, he's in swim club, he plays the trombone, pretty normal kid. His parents say that he was always, like, a little awkward, maybe? But I think a lot of that came up after all of some crazy shit started happening and they were trying to rationalize some wild behavior from their teenage son. (laughs) What was the crazy shit happening? The mummy curse? Yes. Okay. Um, So, he is living with his parents at his grandmother's house. One day, his class goes to a um, local museum for a field trip. Um, This museum is hosting a um, new exhibit, um, an ancient Egyptian exhibit. They have different artifacts, um, a couple different mummies. The class gets there. Everyone's kind of meandering around. But Caleb feels this pull towards a specific mummy. So, oh my god, of course. Yes. And he, he describes it as almost entering, like, a trance-like state. Like, everything else around him just kind of stopped, and it was just him and the mummy. I really need to see the air date of the Ink and Mummy episode from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, because that show did air in 97. I don't know. You know? And now I, got, I gotta know. I don't know. I gotta fucking know, because this is already so similar. I would, I would, I would need to rewatch it, but there's... Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so Caleb and is having this weird disassociation trance thing going on, and he sees this mummy whose head is unwrapped. So you can really see like the face, the face. The you know, there's a guide for the museum who's telling the class that this mummy is believed to be um, an Egyptian priestess of an evil animalistic god. Oh, yeah. No big deal. It's, it's what, you know. Just happens. an evil priestess head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Casual. In a small town? I don't know. So, <laughs> um, she was really well preserved. She still had teeth, hair. You could still see her skin, although it was super wrinkly, obviously. Everything's intact. As he's, like, really making eye contact with this mummy... Um, <laughs> Which definitely has eyes to As do that. you do, you look deep into a mummy's eyes when you see one. I mean, yeah. I, I do. Um, he suddenly feels dizzy, lightheaded, nauseous. Um, and he he specifically says it felt like the mummy was looking through him into his soul. Oh, okay. That was weird. He goes yeah. home. Still feels really weird about it. So he has this weird experience, but no one else around him seems to be 
going through anything similar. He doesn't say anything. He goes home and is still just feeling really weird. Um, he mentions it to his parents and they brush it off as just You're weird. him being a teenager going through a phase, which honestly, I kind of can't blame them. I mean, I would too. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, kid. Yeah. You prob- like, probably just like, did he go to his parents and be like, I looked at this mummy and it was fucking weird. And like, it was looking at like roomy or whatever. Like if their parents were any remotely religious probably like make him go do some prayers and stuff i think they were just like okay take him to church but yeah i mean i think most parents would be like yeah yeah okay son yeah right (laughs) like okay that's nice (laughs) that's nice (laughs) here so they brush it off they're super duper not concerned about it um but caleb is like really intensely afraid and like actually like fears that he's in real danger so that night caleb does not sleep well super restless has lots of nightmares eventually he awakens from a nightmare to really another nightmare but this one is real oh it's real katie oh no yeah (laughs) so is the mummy in his room so i gotta know it's not the mummy something else okay at the end of his bed he sees what he's he describes as a monster this being has glowing green eyes and is growling oh god that would scare the shit out of me anything growling at me he begins to and everything else is kind of a blur at this point he really can only see like the shape of the figure and the glowing green eyes um he hears him growling and the being starts to move towards Caleb. He freaks out, as you would, um, blinks, and he's gone. The next morning, um, (laughs) Susan, Caleb's mom, Susan, Susan, is like, Caleb, what was going on last night? It was super noisy. And Caleb explains what happened, and again, his mom is like, that's nice. Oh, okay. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) They want me to bring a priest over, honey? Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Just brushes it off. And they explain that Caleb had always been sensitive and easily caught up in things, and they were just trying to justify stuff, and... Poor kid. But I mean, like, this kid... But, like, it is ridiculous. This 14-year-old is like, there is a monster in my room. So, like, of course you're gonna be like, okay, whatever. Days pass, weeks pass, Caleb still feels uneasy, he feels this fear just constantly around him um but he doesn't tell anyone because it sounds fucking nuts Um, yeah he's aware of that um but he's still feeling all of these things and he feels very alone very isolated but he doesn't tell anyone so a few weeks later smart smart move (laughs) honestly on your part caleb yeah so a few weeks later um caleb gets home from school and he finds that he is locked out of his house as he has um left his keys at home in the house. Oh. Um, so the only way to get back into the house is through... So it's a really old house. Um, and it has a cellar that leads to a basement. Oh, very R.L. Stein goosebumps. Yeah. So he goes... Um, and, I mean, he's, he's got to go inside, I guess. Um, so he goes through the cellar down to the basement. As he enters, he feels creeped out. Is specifically how he says it. I would he fucking was just too. creeped out. <laughs> Yeah, this basement was yeah. creepy. Like basements are. Not only did this basement 
not only was it creepy, but to Caleb, it looked like an Egyptian tomb. As Caleb is looking around, wondering what the fuck is going on. Yeah. As I, w- I would imagine. Mm-hmm. He starts to hear whispering. How detailed is this Egyptian tomb? That I don't know, <clears throat> but in a haunting, okay, it looks like an Egyptian tomb. It was... Like it, a fake one, but it looks like a, a set Egyptian tomb. All right, so he straight up was seeing hieroglyphics on the wall and like... Okay, yeah, like right. it was a full-on, like, hallucination. I see, I maybe, see. Maybe, maybe it wasn't. Oh, who, 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 are we who, are, who are we to say? Who are we to say? All right. <laughs> this is his story, not mine, you know? Okay. So he hears this whispering. Suddenly, the monster appears. But this time, in more detail, he can see him more clearly. Caleb describes him as um, scaly, this, like, lizard-like humanoid. Like an alien? No. Okay. Uh, like, human... Lizard person. Yeah, but, like, he doesn't have a tail or anything. Just, like, scaly skin, green eyes, like, pointy lizard teeth. He's, like, super big, clearly not in a good mood. Um... <laughs> he's not in the best of moods. <laughs> you know? He could have had a better he's... time. Yeah. So the monster starts to run after Caleb, and Caleb says he feels like he's being stalked to, like, prey. Caleb runs upstairs, and he knows now that this monster is targeting him. Specifically. This kid watched way too much season one of Buffy. <laughs> Caleb brings this up to his parents again. They continue to brush it off, but they do start noticing changes in Caleb. He's become a lot more withdrawn. He's having trouble sleeping. And the more Caleb explains what's happening to Susan, the more she comes to her own conclusion about what's going on. Mm. She tells Caleb that their family home had seen a lot of bad things. One was that her father was an abusive alcoholic. And um, she said she often has hallucinations or visions, flashbacks of him in the home, um, like she's being haunted by his ghost. And that's just one of many things that apparently have happened in this home. So she thinks Caleb is just seeing similar things like that and that it's just the house is kind of haunted and like what are you gonna do you're kind of traumatized that's how it is (laughs) so so susan thinks she's got it figured out he i think he at this point is like okay they're not gonna believe me he's like no i'm cursed by a lizard man from the egyptian mummy from the museum and that's Um, what's happening Weeks go by, Caleb doesn't see anything else, but he feels like he's being followed. So he specifically avoids being home as much as he can. He sleeps over at friends' houses a lot. He... Same. He does everything he can to not be home alone. But no plan is foolproof, and one day, Caleb ends up home alone at night. Um, He's in the kitchen making some spaghetti, I don't know whatever yeah. he's, he's making. Doing, he's doing his thing. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden, a door closes, <gasps> and he panics. He describes the panic he felt uh, to be similar to, like, a panic attack or an anxiety attack. Um, he physically felt sick, nauseous, Aww. sweaty, dizzy. Um, he goes to the bathroom to just splash some water on his face, try to chill out. And, of course, they do that thing in a haunting where, like, he splashes the water on his face, and then as he looks up into the mirror, (gasps) there's the monster in the reflection. Yeah. The monster reaches out to Caleb and grabs onto his arm. And Caleb feels this sharp, intense 
burning pain. And then suddenly it's gone. I would cover up every mirror in the house. (laughs) I would never look in a mirror ever again. And this is where I get a little confused because when he looks down at his arm, he says he can clearly see that he has been bitten. Although I thought... But he he said the hand. I know. I don't... Maybe the hand has teeth. Maybe the hand and then he... Maybe he went, down on him. He was just like grabbing him, like arr, just to take a little, I don't know, a little snack for the road. So, yeah. So Caleb has been bitten by this monster. He's Is he like, infected now with the mummy's curse? <laughs> no, but Is he's he transformed into lizard man. He's like really hurt. He's bleeding a lot, but he knows his parents will never believe him. So Wait, he, he is bleeding a lot. Yeah, he's like. He ends up having a scar from it. So now that he has physical proof, he's like, but my parents won't believe me. Yeah, so he cleans it up. Um, It's not summer, so he just wears long shirts and hides it from everybody. Oh my god. Because he knew no one would believe him. Uh, they don't really go into detail on this on a haunting, but they do on... There's like a transcript of his interview from the radio show. Yeah. Um, where he talks about the monster attacked the family cat. Oh, um, no, not the cat. The cat lived. The cat... Thank The God. cat lived. His tail was a little shorter. <gasps> Baby, no! So... I bet the parents are like, yeah, the monster attacked the cat, Caleb. Well, so Caleb has a sister who apparently is, like, sort of on board with this, but she isn't really mentioned at all, so I don't really... No. She's like, I kind of believe but it, was him, her but it cat. doesn't affect me. It was her cat. Oh no! Um, but the cat's fine. The cat lived. I know, but still, I know it is very sad. Um, but so like little things are happening, and he just kind of sucks it up and deals with it because he knows that no one is gonna believe him. Um, he's just having a really bad time. So after graduating high school, he immediately gets the fuck out, moves to Maryland, I believe. Um, he gets a job as a security guard. Why that job? I guess so we can stay up throughout the night and not go to sleep. Maybe he just always wanted to be a security guard. It's an important profession. It is an important profession. I just feel like this guy who's scared of a lizard man in his house, I just didn't really envision him as like a security guard material. <laughs> I I think honestly he just wanted to get the fuck away from that house. Yeah, that's like fair. no matter it didn't matter like what needed to happen. He was like, It's I like I'm bad at scary out. situations. I'm gonna go work in a job that could potentially put me in scary situations. Well, I think I think he specifically like was having experiences with the monster in the house. Yeah. Like, it wasn't following him around, like, his friends' houses or anything. That's fair. Okay. Like, if he could just get super far away from the house, he would be okay. And it, for a while, he was, actually. He meets his girlfriend, Laura. Oh, um, Laura. Laura. And Laura. things actually start to feel sort of normal. Um, oh, good. I'm glad. Caleb does tell Laura about his experiences with the monster, and she is fully on board with it. She says... Good supportive girlfriend. Oh, man. That's so sad. And... Not good, and I believe you. Let's move on, because what nothing was happening. <laughs> Let's talk about something else. <laughs> yeah, but, like, she was super supportive of it, but nothing was happening there, so, like, it wasn't, it just kind of didn't come up again. At this point, it's been years since anything has happened. Caleb has been living in Maryland, and things have been fine. At work, Caleb has made a close friend by the name of John. John, Caleb, and Laura go on a camping trip. Um, John sees the scars from the bite mark on Caleb's arm, it's like, hey man, what's up with that? Tell me the story. And Caleb 
doesn't want to talk about it. He's really vague. He deflects. And I can see why. Um, I feel like that's a hard one to explain. I can't help but envision this person be like, no, I don't. It's too traumatic. I can't talk about it. No, it's just, oh, you wouldn't believe me if you heard it. Like, no, it was described <laughs> that he got, like, really quiet and, like, reserved. So Caleb tries to change the topic to something else. And Laura, being the sweet girlfriend she is, intervenes and is like, hey, Caleb, can you come help me with this thing that's broken, I guess? Come hey. help me fix it over here. And so he does that. And while he's fixing whatever, doing whatever she asked him to do, Laura goes over to John, asks him if he believes in the paranormal. Oh, no, Laura, no. Actually, as it turns out, <laughs> John has had some traumatizing experiences himself. Oh. Um, as a child, Birds he, of a feather. Mm-hmm, he explains that um, as a child, um, he had found a satanic Bible in an abandoned shack. And after that, a demon attached itself to him and followed him around. What the fuck is a satanic torturing Bible? Torturing him. Beats the fuck out of me. Um, it tortured him. Like, like mentally oh. tortured him. And physically, apparently tortured John for years. Um, But eventually, John was freed by a deliverance minister, a.k.a. an exorcist. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So he didn't didn't just believe in the paranormal. He was the paranormal. Not... He was balls deep in the paranormal. You're not even ready. This deliverance minister named... um, I believe his name is Bill Bean. He's actually like... Bill Bean. I know. (laughs) I would at least have gone by William. Bill Bean. William Bean. Bean is, is bad it, enough, but is Bill it, Bean. Let me make sure it's Bill Bean. I'm all, it better yeah, be Bill it's, Bean. It's Bill Bean. <laughs> Minister Bill Bean frees him, exercises him. No, I'm sorry, delivers him. And John is so amazed by what has happened and felt like it was so life-changing for him. That he decides that he wants to be mentored by Bill Bean so that he can become a deliverance minister to help others who had had similar experiences. To oh my this. god! So he's like, I saw Constantine once. So now, 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 John is studying under this deliverance minister. Please tell me their next friend was like part of the Matrix. I didn't care about any other friends, but I would believe it. Um, oh my god. <laughs> The number of like, oh, what a coincidence! <laughs> what an insane fucking coincidence! Anyways, so he's <laughs> cursed by an ancient mummy priestess lizard man. Yeah, so John is like, hmm. Well, you know, I think I could help, but clearly Caleb doesn't want to talk about it, and I'm not going to push him. I was like, oh, all right, cool. It's like but literally his job to help, actually. Believe yeah, it or not, but Caleb clearly was like not ready to deal with it because things had been pretty normal for a while this had to have been a wild camping trip for like laura (laughs) anyone else really things have been normal right so like i don't i feel like caleb probably didn't want to like get too deep into it if he didn't have to yeah no absolutely especially since nothing's come up of it and i'd be scared talking about it would bring it back right life goes on it's december 2013 Caleb goes home for the holidays. So at this point, it's been 2013 minus 1997. 16. 16 years. 16 years. Oh, good job. So Caleb has been dealing with all of this unresolved paranormal trauma 
for 16 years. It's December 2013. He goes home for the holidays. Oh, no. Like, I'm assuming he had before. Yeah, I'm assuming he didn't miss out on Christmas for 16 years. But what I think, I think what's explained is, like, because... Because it got brought up, basically the monster had gone, like, dormant. It comes back up again. Um, so Caleb sleeps in his old bedroom, as you would. He decides, um, you know, he's been traveling, he's gonna stay up late a little bit and just read. Um, so he's just hanging out, and all of a sudden, he starts to hear this chanting. Oh my god. (laughs) And the chanting sounds like the name Sobek. Caleb, being the tech-savvy internet sleuth he is, um, decides to Google what the fuck that means, um, and it turns out Sobek is an ancient Egyptian deity. He is the god of protection, uh, particularly protection in the afterlife and protection from the dangers of the Nile. He is described as having characteristics of the Nile crocodile. Therefore, the lizardness. If he's a god of protection, what the fuck's he doing there? Well, so he was protective of some people if you were innocent. Was known to be very aggressive, though. Um, He was sometimes called the god of robbery. He who eats while he also mates. Like a praying mantis? I guess. Okay. I guess. If he liked you, he would protect you. So he's and like, he would fuck be, this kid. <laughs> and he would be, like, fierce as fuck about his, like, like we're like, good, like, violently protective. Ride or fucking die. Yeah. All right. So um, he probably was violently protective of this priestess mummy? That is the idea. The idea is that this priestess um, was under his protection. Got bad vibes from this kid at the museum. Not just bad vibes. Caleb says that Sobek saw him as a threat. That that I I'm I'm still not unclear uh, on how a, a on teen how a was fourteen a year old boy. And when you see him, like he's not not a threatening person whatsoever. So I don't know where he got that from. Basically, Sobek was like, "This kid is trouble. Got to take him out." Yeah, um, fuck this kid. And therefore... And, like, straight up abandon the mummy head. Yeah, so basically the curse of the mummy is whoever threatens this priestess, Sobek will then follow them around and basically attack them. So Caleb is... He feels some comfort that he at least, like, knows what it is now, but he doesn't know what to do about it. As Caleb is sitting on his bed pondering what to do next, he suddenly is violently pushed back onto his bed and he feels a pressure like someone's holding him down on the bed. And as he's being held down, he begins to foam at the mouth, um, he's dizzy, and he loses consciousness. So he has like a, like a seizure of some kind? I guess. Cut to a few days later, I guess, Caleb goes back home to Maryland where he lives with his girlfriend, Laura, and she notices that he is very irritable, just really quick to anger, just real grumpy. Not not her sweet, sweet Caleb. Did what I think happened happen? Was awesome. he possessed by no. Sobek? Oh my no. god, continue! <laughs> oh my fucking god. And she just felt this like deep sense of anger emanating from him, and, and she was kind of afraid of him. Yeah. So at work, John... Uh, the deliverance minister in training, um, notices the same things. John recognizes the signs of someone 
who, who is, is being possessed. possessed. Oh my god. John is like, I know what's going on, and I'm gonna fix it. So John goes to Laura and says, hey, I know what's going on. We need to have a, an intervention because Caleb is not okay. Um, he's being possessed. And Laura's like, great, cool, let's do the thing. So they basically ambush him. Like, Caleb comes home from somewhere, and John is there with his holy water and his Bible. They say, hey, dude, we're we're scared for you, and we're scared of you. We would like to help. We think you're possessed. John says, I would like to perform a deliverance on you to free you of this entity. And Caleb is like, all right, great, let's do it. Which <laughs> throws John and Laura off a little bit because they were expecting some pushback. Caleb sits in a chair and John begins reciting the demonic warfare blessing. Oh, there's a, bl- okay. And where basically you call on God to help to fight some demons for you. As John is doing this, Caleb starts cackling maniacally and threat and like he goes between cackling maniacally and like heavy breathing and grunting. He's threatening John. He's yelling and just physically starting to get real worked up. Did they tie him down? Um, no, they didn't. Oh um, my god. Oh my god. That's like whether you believe it or not, that's like fucking exorcism 101. 101. Fucking tie him down. Basics. Oh my god. Listen, John. John had a big head. He took on too much. And he knows it because he's starting to feel scared. Because at one point, Caleb picks John up with one hand and throws him across the room. In the in the show, John um, conveniently lands <laughs> on a couch. Um, <laughs> I don't know if, that, if that's what that happened, happened. In, in real life. So as... John is basically being pinned down by Caleb after throwing him across the room. Caleb seems to have this rare moment of clarity where John can tell that it's Caleb talking to him and and not the not the monster. Mm-hmm. And Caleb says, "You need to stop right now or someone is going to die." So John stops because he realizes that he took on way more than he can handle. He is not strong enough to fight this one alone. He needs help from the big guy, Bill Bean. Bill fucking Bean, (laughs) the real hero of the story. Give me that Bill Bean, baby. (laughs) So John calls deliverance minister Bill Bean. Bean. (laughs) So first thing that Bill does when he gets there is he ties Caleb to a chair. Bill Bean, he's a professional. Right? He, he knows what to right? do. He is on it. What he's kind done of this fucking before. squib doesn't tie down their like exorcy, exor exor person to be exercised? Caleb is tied to a chair. They begin doing the uh, demonic warfare blessing and like splashing holy water on him and shit. And Caleb starts thrashing and does a thing where he's like cackling maniacally and then like growling and grunting and breathing super heavy bill bean who actually is um a common guest on a haunting if you oh. watch it enough. oh is um, he yes it, you know this might be um hard to believe but there actually aren't that many deliverance ministers you know around. um they're they're pretty hard to find for some reason mm-hmm. wild i know i I personally can't figure out why there aren't more of them. I mean, why? <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want to be a deliverance minister? 
It's just such a common issue. I know. I mean, how many times a day am I like, wow, I wish I had a deliverance minister right now. (laughs) Bill Bean says, he describes that Caleb's facial features began to look otherworldly. Like his skin turned scaly, his eyes were glowing green, um, his teeth elongated. Lizard man! It was close. He was um, just coming crocodile. But thanks to thanks to Bill Bean and Caleb's buddy John, oh. scrappy duo, they uh, <laughs> tag team and this is crocodile. They, they, they do, and it's a brutal struggle. Eventually, um, Bill says he saw the demon leave Caleb through the mouth. Oh. And in a haunting, they do this by, like, like, making it look like a bunch of, like, scarab beetles crawl out of his mouth. Ew! Yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty gross. <laughs> I used to think scarab beetles ate you because of the mummy. Mm. It's, I, a, it's a fair, like, conclusion to come to. I thought it was real. I was like, that's fucking terrifying. They just fucking eat you. Well, I was like, this makes sense. Like, because I would think of things like piranhas exist, like, whatever. Like, there are creatures out you that just eat you. Yeah. I was like, I guess if you're covered in bugs and they're eating you, holy shit. Rats will bite you and stuff. Rats will eat you if they have to. Yeah. Not that they want to. Rats Not that they good. want to. Rats but if friends. they have to. Yeah. If I had to eat something gross, if it was that or die, like. Yeah, that's true. I probably probably would. I don't know. I have limits. Yeah. I wouldn't eat escargot. I love escargot. How could you? It's so delicious. It is the opposite of delicious. It tastes so okay. good. It just tastes like garlic. Like if it's not seasoned the, properly. Not the escargot I had. Oh, I'm sorry. I've had good escargot. It just tastes like chewy well, garlic. Chewy garlic. Well, because snails are a little chewy. I know. That's the that's part of it. Well, if like, you've had like calamari, it's like chewy too. But that's fried. Okay. Well, I've also had squid not fried, and it is chewy. Yeah. Well, I don't eat not fried squid. Okay. I don't like. No. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I've eaten this little octopus before the octopi. We'll, we'll debate the benefits of eating escargots <laughs> So, um. Yeah, so, uh... It's a little rough the, the demon, um, exits Caleb's body through his mouth, and, um, oh, all of a sudden, wouldn't you know, Caleb feels an immediate lightness. He feels like himself again. The world seems a little bit brighter. Then everything's fine. Forever. Now, uh, Caleb and Laura get married. Oh, because she's the only one who will ever believe him? I mean, I think in the show she said something like, if we can survive a demonic possession together, we can survive anything. Baby, no! (laughs) Honey, no! I thought it was kind of sweet. He goes around now, tells his story, because he wants people to know that if someone has had an experience like his that they're that they're not alone and i think that's really nice that is nice <laughs> what i didn't do and what i meant to do was to look up if john ever became a deliverance minister oh we have to find out if john became a deliverance minister i hope so i want to know where bill bean is today i just want to know that john isn't going around trying to deliver people without fucking tying them down like at least yeah. at, at like bare minimum buddy bare minimum 
you even seen The Exorcist? Probably not. Probably not. Like, how could you? That's just blasphemy. That whole story. That's a story. That's a fucking story, man. I wasn't, like, all that interested in it until it was, like, Lizard Man. (laughs) (laughs) It was a fucking Lizard Man. So, whoever threatens this mummy is cursed to be followed around and tormented by an ancient lizard god. All right, note to self, I am not looking in the eyes of any don't do it. mummies, artifacts, or anything for that it. matter. You don't know who's protecting them. You don't you know. You don't know, and that you could really piss off some people who could make some yeah. really bad shit happen, make your eyes glow green or something. They'll possess you. They'll fucking possess your they ass. They will. They oh, will. Man. Well, lessons have been learned. Mm-hmm. Um, Tie people down before you're gonna deliver them, people. Oh yeah, Safety first. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And if you if you don't want <laughs> just some just some you know tips tips you know and tricks. If you uh, don't want people to know what your curse tablet says, just write their name yeah. and then say it out loud and hope that the god the goddess happens to hear you. And at the end of the day, like worst comes to worst, deliverance minister Bill Bean. Bill, hit up Bill Bean. He's got you. Don't hit up John. He will not tie you down. John, John is like he like like you have your wedding photographer and then you have the second shooter. Yeah, Bill Bean is your main wedding photographer. (laughs) John is the second shooter. John is the second shooter. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, thanks guys for listening. As we crown the cob, uh, cursed stuff. Uh, just curses in general. Um, you can follow us on social media. Um, and just like I don't know, follow your hearts. I don't know. I'll try to come have, up a good have a good, have a good spooky season. Look at all the on sale stuff. Anyways, thanks and keep it creepy. Bye. <laughs>